Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. Die Hard, welcome back to Sell or Die. Amazing episode today. We have a great guest. His name is Dove Gordon, and he is not only an expert networker, but he's also amazing at creating opportunities for networking and showing you how you can create those opportunities for your clients and potential clients or soon-to-be clients to network as well so that you can offer them value. This episode is going to be amazing. I know Dove personally. I'm in one of his networking groups. I see firsthand on a daily basis just how good the group is because of the work that he's done behind the scenes. He's created and, and the, the way he's done it, the way he has done it. Yeah. There, there is a magic to what he's created and you die hard. You can create exactly the same thing. Okay. Let's go. Let's take a listen. Thanks. You know, appreciate you inviting me on. So thanks for having me. Look back in about 2002 is when I got started and I was, uh, you know, I'd heard about business coaching. So I enrolled myself in one of these early coaching program courses to learn about coaching. I got from that some, some of the skills I needed to get started. And then I spent the next seven years essentially pushing boulders up the hill to watch them roll back down, you know, and I knew I had what to offer. I knew I had some, some skill. I knew it. Well, I knew I had some talent. I didn't have much skill. And I didn't even learn that distinction until a few years in. Uh, we can come to that if you like. I knew that I had some talent. I knew that I genuinely cared about people. I knew I had some ability, but I didn't quite understand how to turn that into a consistent flow of clients and you know, and a consistent income to support my small but growing family at the time. It's not growing anymore, but uh, now it's just getting more expensive because you know, we made a wedding. The kids are getting they're all almost all teenagers anyway. So the uh, I ended up. In around 2004, 2005, even, I think I ended up forming a, a peer group for CEOs of companies with between 10 and 150, $200 million in sales. That ran for a couple of years. And I learned a lot from that. My aim had been to use that to get some clients. I did get a few clients from that. Mostly though, I came to realize that through all that pushing and, and uh, you know, I, I invested in, in getting some help and, you know, um, mentoring with somebody and courses and so on. And eventually I came to realize some of the things that I'd been missing when I got started because I was, you know, I was you know, maybe ambitious, but certainly naive and, uh, you know, never had a real job before, no college degree, didn't quite know what I was getting into. I, I remember asking some, you know, I, one of my early clients was really very nice to me. He, he saw that I had what to offer, so he paid me, but I know I asked him some really naive questions back then. And, uh, and it was very kind of him to answer because he had way more business experience than I did. You know, I remember like even like wondering, like, what do you do at a business meeting? Like, <laughs> he just, what makes it a meeting? I didn't know. So, um, you know, I couldn't <laughs> figure those things out at the time. Uh, that question, cool that, that question I didn't ask anybody. Ask. But that was, no, I didn't ask him that one. I asked him about different size companies at the time. I don't remember exactly what the question was, but that was, that was a question. I just was, uh, you know, thinking to myself at some point anyway. So then, you know, over time, I slowly started to build up, slowly started to build up skills, slowly started to understand that, you know, 
I was getting somewhere. And I realized that what I really wanted to do was to help people who were like myself, but a few years behind. I realized that that I enjoyed that. I am in Israel and I, I've been here for many years. I grew up in, in New York. That's a small town on the East Coast. And um, I know you've heard of it, Jen. And uh, But I've been here for you know, over 20 years. It's late wow. 1998 or so when I came for six months and I'm still here. And, and so I was running around the country, you know, meeting these uh, CEOs, which was wonderful. That was a great experience. I mean, people, people, other consultants would wonder, like, how did you get the CEO of such and such company on the phone? How did you get a meeting with them? And I'd figured out that piece. That was pretty good. It wasn't so easy, but I figured out that piece. What did you do? Um, well, I got a list. Uh, that's that's a story in its own. But then I started emailing and contacting, and I kept it really concise. And I had a very you know compelling hook. I ex don't remember exactly what I said, but I remembered that I I was uh, I laid out very clearly who I'm looking for. You know, the, I, was, I was contacting them about this um, the peer group. It was uh, I remember what we called it. Probably of oh, the CEO roundtable, I guess. I mean, it was something pretty standard. And I don't think there was much happening like that at the time. I don't know what there is now. I was impressed with what I'd managed to accomplish with that. The problem is that I didn't, well, there was so much that I still didn't know. I didn't know how to really turn that into consistent revenue, how to turn that into, I did, I did get some clients eventually and some projects eventually, but not, you know, it, it took too long. You know, it was burning me out to run that group because I wasn't charging enough. I was hardly charging anything really. And I, I didn't know what I was, what I, what I didn't know at the time, but yeah, like I'd have a CEO of a $50 million a year business, electronic importer, I think. And I got, I, I was heading to the, the monthly meeting and I started getting phone calls from people, their secretaries. Oh, he's so sorry. He can't make it. He has an unexpected guest from Singapore. Someone just knocks on the door from Singapore. <laughs> like, I don't know. I still think that they, you know, anyway, or as a board meeting, we had many excellent meetings, but it was, I'd spend the whole month to make it work and it just wasn't mm. worth it. So I decided to take all the skills that I had learned, the things that I had figured out, and then focus on helping other people who, I also, my, my Hebrew was never fluent. It's still not fluent. So I realized I was only going to go so far in the consulting world locally. And that was another reason why I decided to shift my focus outside and to share what I'd learned um, with others who were a few years behind. So that's what we did. And and the next stage was how do I figure out how do I get in front of such people? How do I find them? I was looking for other people who are, you know, online um, marketing to other consultants, coaches, experts, and so on, using online direct marketing, using joint venture teleseminars at the time. So I joined a few different online communities looking for that right kind of person. I didn't quite find what I was looking for. I, I remember joining, you know, one community was was really excellent, um, but it was focused on a very specific type of uh, like pay-per-click agency person. Uh, another one was really just full of people uh, virtually patting each other on the back, telling them how awesome they were for doing like, like for getting out of bed. And I was, <laughs> didn't think that was really very, um, that wasn't what I was looking for either. Another community was uh, you know, good, well-meaning people, but I could tell like they were never going to go beyond a certain point. They just lacked a certain sophistication. I decided I'll start my own community. I'll start my, I didn't know what I was starting, but I figured I'll just start my own group. So I reached out to a handful of people that I'd met online here and there over the previous several years. And I said, Hey, look, you know, I'm looking, I'm starting this group of people who all, we all market and sell to small business owner, coach, consultant, agency owner, entrepreneur, and so on. And using online direct marketing and are happy to cross promote each other. I'm happy to introduce you to my list and vice versa. I'm hoping. And we started with a handful of people. And over the following years, we grew to 
195, almost 200 members, including many men members who were people that earlier years, I'd put them on a pedestal. I looked up to them, you know, people like Jeffrey, who never became a member, but people like Jeffrey, who like, you know, I'd, I'd heard of, I'd come across <clears throat> and, and I, I just, you know, I, I used to think, well, why would, why would they want to talk to me? Like, what do they have? <laughs> why do they ever want to? But then they were ended up being members of my group, which was um, really, you know, uh, very good. So I was in a different. I was in a different group. It was famous people from Exit Four of the New Jersey Turnpike. It was uh, right. a very small group. <laughs> you know, we can only all be participating so much, right? So exactly. Jeffrey, I think there was a hint before, by the way. I understand. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, it was just the truth, not a hint. I, I don't hint. I'm pretty blunt. <laughs> Like, not but, as blunt as Jeffrey, but 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 uh... when you have your meetings with these people, and let's say a hundred people show up to to an average meeting, what do you donate to the group versus what does the group donate back that keeps it vibrant? So, I mean, if we fast forward to today, right? If that's what you're asking, um, first of all, I don't know if we've ever had a hundred people on any one group. I mean, these are all these are virtual calls. And we grew to, like I said, 195, but let, let me, let me, let me just fill in. I'll catch up to today. We had, okay. after about eight years or so, I, I realized that about half the group was active, about half was not active. And I really needed to know who wanted to be there. So I realized I need to start charging something. I ran it for free for the first eight years. And I was afraid. I was really afraid of losing these amazing relationships, including, like I said, with some, you know, big names, people who I were joining the community and the, I didn't know how people would respond. So I spent several months just consulting quietly with people behind the scenes and, and everyone's like saying, for sure, of course you should be charging. And I thought of how much to charge and, and, you know, I don't charge a, a lot. It's, it's, it's a very modest annual fee, especially compared to what other people are charging for, you know, comparable or certainly this caliber. So I, I decided one day I just have to take a leap and I'd be willing to lose everything. And I said, um, if it blows up, then I'll start over again. If it doesn't, then I'm in a better place. Right. So, cause <laughs> I felt that for the sake of the group, it couldn't be like holding a library card. We had it, people are reaching out to others who didn't respond and you, you just having a list of names doesn't mean anything. So we made that announcement and uh, within two weeks I had 45 members signed up and I was afraid we'd go down to 10, maybe 20. And from there, we've slowly built our way up. We're back to about 190 something now. About a year and a half ago, I made another big leap decision to make the JVMM my main thing, my main focus. So that's what I spend most of my time on. Still work with some clients one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm no longer promoting groups or you know um, other things serving the consulting and coaching world as well. So I'm helping individuals, people one-on-one -on -one when they pop up in my inbox and it's a perfect fit. So um, I'll work with them. But otherwise, now it's my main thing. So what do we do to kind of to answer your question, Jeffrey? Like, what do we do in the JVMM? We have a pretty active email-based conversation that's going 24-7. You can ask any kind of question and get a quality response pretty quickly from, you know, to almost anything from around the world. Jen, I know you've participated in some of that. Then we have a couple of different types of calls every month. We also have some additional smaller group calls that are run by members on specific topics. So we call those work, working groups. I see my role as three things, curation, conversation, education. I curate the group, make sure that we have the right people getting in. I would say it's actually harder to get into JVMM than it is to get into some of these 25K groups. And I've actually had confirmation on that from some others. It's really <laughs> hard to turn away a check for 25,000 or whatever, a, a charge. It's a lot easier to turn away less. And, and I, I just, I really know that it's not about taking everybody who wants to be in there. 
you can't fill out a form on my site and just and join the group. You have to talk to me first. I talked to everybody first, just like I did when it was free. I think that if I hadn't started off this way, um, it would have been, you know, I, I didn't set out with this ingenious plan of how to create what we end up creating. It was really, like I said, I was just, I was just looking to start this community. We ran it for a number of eight years, uh, about eight years for free. And the last four years or so we've been, you know, it, it hasn't been free, but we've continued to grow and thrive, uh, attracting, you know, better and better people all the time. Yes. Some people leave. There's attrition. That's normal and natural. Usually it makes sense why there's some life situation change in business or every now and then yeah, it's someone who just wasn't really a good fit. Yeah, exactly. Every now and then there's somebody who I who would prefer didn't leave, but usually, usually those, usually they stay. And it's really about relationships. Well, I, let me throw this at you. We have listeners and they're predominantly uh, entrepreneurs or manager leaders and salespeople. We refer to them as diehards because they are dedicated to this podcast. But you have a group that others can learn from, not necessarily what they can milk as information, but literally how the organization works. Mm-hmm. So at Die Hard, if you're out there and you're wanting to understand how a successful group works online, virtually, Jen is going to put a link in the, um, in the show notes that will allow you to at least fill out the form and Dove will call you. And you may not be qualified, but if you are qualified, uh, you may learn about how to run a successful organization as well as meet with peers and talk to people that can help you build your business. And I think that's the overview of what we're, we're talking about uh, today. And I want to make sure that everyone has an understanding that even though this is not how to make a sale faster, it's how to build relationships that matter and relationships of value where there's an exchange without a measurement. Like you don't donate, you don't give your ideas into the group and go, okay, you guys, I just gave my idea. What do you have for me? (laughs) Um, This is something where it's uh, you, you go in without measurement and you give what you can give. I'll just, for anyone who is, is thinking that it could be helpful for them to form their own community. Typically, it needs to have a core idea. I mean, that's the the starting point is you've got to have a, a single concept, a core concept that really brings everybody together. You know, so you know, for us, it's like everybody in JVMM is marketing and selling to the same small business, coach, consultant, agency, and entrepreneur audience using online direct marketing. And everybody, therefore, is also looking for potential promotion partners, joint venture partners. Can you partners. go slowly and tell people what the initials mean? JVMM? Joint venture yeah. marketing mastermind. I'm I'm really good at naming things, just not my own things. <laughs> got you. I like the name. Yeah, yeah. But we do. I, I got a I got a good domain a couple of years ago, profitablerelationships.com. So that's that's where we you know where everything is now. So when you have that core idea and you're bringing people together to have a, an overlapping interest, that's where you can start to build a community. If somebody's doing sales for a company, especially if it's a really high value sale bringing people together in groups where they can learn from each other network uh, really is an excellent long-term relationship to, for building building relationships, getting to know people. If everybody on LinkedIn is contacting them, reaching out and cold contacting them, making this or that promise of, uh, oh, we can get you leads and all the other garbage that we all get, endless stream of it, or whatever else people are saying, oh, I noticed that you won this or that award or something. And you're able to reach out and say, 
uh, and say, hey, I lead this, I lead a community of, of X type of people just like you who have this interest. What I mean, it was, I know someone, you, you, you even know some of our members or something personalized like that, that really helps you get started. It's a very different type of message that your ideal prospects are more likely to respond to. And it gives you a, a way of opening the conversation in a personal way that, um, I mean, just that makes the whole thing easier, you know, so that- I love that because you're going in offering value mm-hmm. immediately, like come to this group because I can connect you with other people that you may want to meet versus, hey, yeah. can I get a meeting with you so I can sell you my stuff, right? Like it's, it's, it's such a different feeling. It's a value offered program that has value attraction to it because of its success. And yeah. if, you're, if you're out there and you're a taker, then my recommendation would be never darken this door. If you have information to give that you believe will benefit others, I can promise you that you will receive 10 times the information in return, literally. That's a and- good point. I want to say a member becomes successful, but really when they become successful, that means that they're getting a lot and they're finding the group valuable, right? So what are the attributes to becoming a successful member when you're networking? Typically it is, it's like what Jeffrey was saying, it's like the more you're looking to give. When you approach it and you're you're asking about others, when you're asking others about themselves, not just for some, because you're, you're looking to be able to stick in about, Hey, Hey, Oh, Oh, so could you promote me? And when you're asking to understand about who they are and what, where, where are you now? Where are you headed to try to understand just like any other sales conversation, you're looking to understand if this person in front of you, where are you coming from? Where are you headed? Right. What, what stands between today and where you're headed? What's in, when you really try to get to know somebody and then you genuinely care and you're really looking to see how you can be helpful those are the people who are going to find that networking really, really works for them. If people come into it and they're looking to um, see what can I get, or they're looking for a quick fix, they're, they're likely to be very frustrated because it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, I, I've helped some people start networks similar to JVM, what I call alchemy networks. And it has to be something that if you're going to start this kind of network, it has to be something that you're, you're, you expect that you'll enjoy running it for years to come. It's not, it's not like Facebook ads. You could turn it on, turn it off. If once you're going to start, you're, you're, this is a, a, a strategy that you're going to run for years. I have three basic principles for forming a thriving network like this. And I, the first is to be valuable to those who can be valuable to you, right? Be valuable to those who can be valuable to you. The second is be continuously seen. And the third is make it easy for them to take the next step. Mm. So when you start off by being valuable to those who can be valuable to you, then obviously, you know, you, you have to make sure you're serving the right people, right? You're, you're being valuable to, if you're just being valuable to everybody or anyone who come crosses your path, then that's, you're a very nice person, but not necessarily very effective, not very focused on, on where you're going. So you've got to know that. And just because you all happen to live off exit four in New Jersey doesn't necessarily mean that's the best place to spend, you know, all your, t- you know, hang out with them. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Wawa. What, what is that? I don't know what that is like a gas station that serves food. Oh, well, there, there's, there's food everywhere, including at gas stations. So, but not Wawa, that I, not as far as I know. Here's the, here's the deal. Wait. In 1998, when I finished writing uh, customer satisfaction is worthless, customer loyalty is priceless. Mm-hmm. I had my next book and my next book was called the lost secret of selling. And at the time, 1998, the lost secret of selling was four words. 
perceived difference and perceived value. If I don't perceive a difference in you, if I don't perceive value in you, I'm not buying whatever it is that you have. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. You couldn't give it to me. A third set of two letters emerged around 2008, social proof. In other words, what others say about you to affirm that you're not full of shit and or that you're actually legitimate in what you say and what you do. So perceived difference, perceived value, social proof. It is not much different than your core values. We just use different words. Yep. If you can't bring value to the group and it be perceived as value, not a sales pitch, you're going to win because someone's going to say, oh, I can use that. Wow, that's that's really great. Thank you for that information. And when you have, when you bring that to a group, then it's genuine. And no one can say, I owe you one. That's not what the group is. No one owes anyone anything. It's a matter of participating. And you said it in your in your second piece, being consistent. You got to show up. You have to be present and you have to be aware, not just to, to take, but to give. So mm -hmm. anyone who comes to the meeting needs to bring an idea. That would be my challenge to the group. What's your, what's your big idea this week? Because if you don't have an idea, you know, I just think of it. That's the value that you're contributing. And if everybody brought an idea every week or every month, whenever you meet, the group flourishes. The cool Absolutely. thing about Dove's group is that there are meetings, but what happens in between the meetings is also very powerful because there are email discussions. Like I'm working on building a quiz right now. And I was like, I wonder what JVMM has to say about quizzes. So I literally searched in my inbox, JVM, JVMM and quiz. And all these emails came up like, whoa, this is gold that I'm sorting through. And I'm like, he said this and she said that and I'm clicking on their links. And so it's like the input from the community in between the sessions, which what you're saying, Jeffrey, the ideas yep. and, it's, and they and then they're sitting there for there's a record of them, which is very cool. Dub, I want to make sure you explain the other two pieces of your your theory. Yeah. Yeah, my theory. The uh, just you know principles here. So like your the principles. First, the first one, as I said, um, is uh, what did I say? I, I actually I, I wrote this a long time ago. So be valuable <laughs> to those who can be valuable to you. I, this is I created a course teaching other people how to do this, but I really haven't been promoting it. So like it's never been finished. So but I'm pulling it up because this is what I do naturally. But anyway, so be valuable to those who can be valuable to you be continuously seen and make it easy for them to take the next step. So be valuable to those who can be valuable to you that, that we talked about. Be continuously seen is that when you're bringing the concept here for all three of these is, is um, in terms of like, if you're looking to create a community of potential clients, right? That's so it's be valuable to the, create this community for those who could be valuable to you. Those are potential clients or customers of yours. Uh, be continuously seen, right? Here's, here's how, uh, how that works. Let's say someone says, you know, Jeffrey, I love what you're doing. It's fantastic. But you know what? It's just get back to me in six months, right? So typically people say, okay, I'll get back to you in six months. And then what do you do between now and six months? Well, I could put you on an email list. I can spam you or send you something with permission, perhaps, right? I could uh, send you, uh, you know, a, a gift or something. Oh, I noticed this article. I thought you might like it. I could, I could do all that kind of thing. Or I could say, you know, Jeffrey, it's, you know, Sure, I understand. You know, six months, maybe for whatever, sometimes there's a legitimate reason for pushing off for six months. So let's assume there is. But now I want to maintain that relationship. Jeffrey, here's what I, uh, what I suggest. Since XYZ is a genuine issue, and you know it's an issue, but you've got these other priorities you've got to work through first. 
why don't we do this? Why don't you join our network? This is what it's called. This is what it's about. It's comprised of people just like you. And 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 when when something related to it comes up, you can just ask a question and get great input. You can ask me. You can get to ask others. Um, there's you participate as much or as little as you want. There's no obligation. You can charge a thousand dollars a year or nothing, depending on what you feel is is right. If you're charging even a thousand dollars a year, now suddenly people now now you're getting paid to sell. Okay, you're turning at least part of your 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 outbound marketing and sales into a revenue source. You you end up with uh, 30, 50, 100 people, but paying between one and two hundred one uh, and two thousand dollars a year, you know, covers a salary, right, or more. And then you so now you're inviting this person to be in a situation where you will be continuously seen. Now instead of forcing the follow up, now the follow up happens naturally. And that's one of the great advantages of forming what I call an alchemy network, creating that. And then the third one is just make it easy for them to take the next step. Okay. You need to, once people are members in your community, you want to make it really easy. Let them know in an elegant, um, not, not rubbing it in their, not pushing it in their face all the time, but letting the people know, Hey, if you're at this point, or you, then let me know, email me, let's get on a call. You know, you're, you're moving conversations in along. So people are continuously hearing you because you're leading the group in a way that serves them. And then you're also letting them know, hey, when this goes on, when that happens, make sure we're in touch. Because now, you know, we know we know how often after six months you get back to them and they say, oh, Jeffrey says, Dove, I wish you'd gotten back to me two months ago. In the meantime, we went with this other company, right? And <laughs> but if they're if they're a member in your community, then that's way less likely to happen because they're seeing you, they're getting to know you better. That relationship is deepening and. And you're much more likely to know that they're that they're ready at four months instead of six months. One of the questions that I always ask people who say, call me in a month or call me in five months is what will be different mm -hmm. in six months than in the place you're in right now? And that answer usually contains their barrier or their circumstance. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Then I would ask, I said, okay, between now and six months, are questions going to arise as you're doing your project. Are you going to answer them yourself or would you like a hundred people to help you answer them? That's a legitimately a hook. No one can answer that. No, yeah. they're all going to, I would love input. You don't have to take the input, but imagine a hundred more brains on this than just yours. And that's right. the value of a peer group. One Absolutely. that really has no, that they have axes, but they don't have an ax to grind. They're not going to say, if you buy my service, I can give you more answers. They're right. just going to give you an answer. And yep. it's so rare in the internet community. Like I, I have 30,000 LinkedIn connections. I can't have any more. LinkedIn cuts you off at a certain point. But if I, like people drop off, so I get, you know, maybe a hundred a month of new people that I can add in. And the minute I add somebody in, they send me a sales pitch. It's crazy. I'm like, it's hey, Schmuck. It's yeah, usually like, automated. Hey, mm -hmm. Yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's just a and bad automation. Yeah. So I, my response is usually I don't respond to idiots, but in your case, I'm going to make an exception. And that puts them on notice that if you're going to try to build a relationship with somebody, give me something. Jeffrey, so, these are the top 10 articles I've ever read on selling. I hope you appreciate them. Oh yeah. Well, let me give you my top 10. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the ability to exchange and not necessarily exchange money. Yeah. Exchange value. And I think that's a very important part of this process. There's very few value exchangers. There's plenty of money exchangers. You can, I mean, you, you get the emails every day, 
if you, I can get you a thousand leads a month if you'll just give me 500 bucks. The infuriating thing is that they've recently, in the last four, five, six months, they've recently figured out how to get those emails into the inbox, um, not spam. And I think it's these new email warming services that are outsmarted Gmail for sure. Hopefully they figure out a way beyond it, but I used to respond <laughs> well, first of all, and then I realized yeah. I'm just helping them. So now I just press right. spam. Yeah. Well, okay. I have a thought. So, you know, so many people in the sales industry talk about the power of networking and salespeople and entrepreneurs think about networking as attending someone else's meeting. And something that you brought up during the course of this conversation is like, don't just attend a meeting. You can create the meeting. Yeah. And Correct. I really want our diehards to think about that. Like, what would it take for you to create a peer group or um, some sort of group that your customers would want to network at in order to offer them value? And if you had to give them like some tips to get started, what would that look like for them? Yeah, the, the first thing is really to know that, like I said earlier, you want to be sure it's what you want to do, right? Especially if you're going to charge for it, right? If you're charged, and I wouldn't charge monthly, I'd charge annually because, uh, and I think it's a mistake people make if they charge something monthly. Um, it doesn't give, you don't want your members deciding every month whether they're going to make that buying decision. They've got to be, mm -hmm. you, you build a community over time. So I think that's really important as well. But so be sure it's something that you want to do. If someone is doing this, because if, if you personally are doing this because of what you want to get from it, then I also think it's not going to work. And I'm saying that after saying, you know, I ran it for free for eight years. Yes, I wanted to get from it. I, I And I did get, I, I did it because I knew that this was a way for me to build relationships with people who would help promote me to their email. That's how I grew my email list from like nothing to, you know, thousands of email subscribers over time. And that's how I got my clients for many years. But there were plenty of people who never promoted me and that was fine. Either we just, you know, personally, we weren't, you know, such a great fit, you know, mm -hmm. or, or they were a little, you know, maybe um, small minded or not, you know, <laughs> whatever. So for one reason, they never promoted me, but that's okay. It didn't stop me from helping them because I genuinely believe that, that right. by for every member who does a little bit better, it, it brings everybody up. The world pays you back once you throw it out there and the world yeah. will always pay you back times 10. Do you know Bob Berg? I do, yeah. He's Are good. you friends with him? We're acquaintances. He knows who I am. I know who he is. We met in person, um, I think, once or twice. Definitely once. You should connect with no, him. No, at least twice. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he is. And he has no agenda. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. just a nice Jewish boy who lives in Miami. And it's the other Israel. And the, uh, But he has a movement, and the movement has traction. And it's not yeah. unlike what you're trying to do. It's just... You're running parallel roads. You're just on different paths. But I think you should be guests on each other's program. Bob and yeah. I are good friends. Tell him I sent you. All right. Thank you. He's a good guy. Yeah. And he's, he's he, what you see is what you get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He is exact. Yes. I agree with that. There is nothing phony about Bob Berg. That's right. And that, that's really something that people need to, to internalize. So worried about, you know, what should I do? People want to know, what should I do? Yeah, And they look around and they see what other people do. And then they copy them where they think that person is behaving in this way. So I should behave in this way because that person seems to have what I want. You know, in, in marketing or sales, we talk and in writing for sure, we talk about finding your voice and it's a process to find your voice. At least that's been my experience. It took me time, but 
I think that one of the most important things that anybody can do or personal breakthroughs any of us can have is when you get to that point when you wake up one day and you realize that I don't have to be like anybody else. I really just have to be myself. I really just have to do my best job. I really just have to be just genuine, be myself. Where like we said about Bob and you know what you see is what you get. Be straight with people. It's not about trying to get from people. Sales, uh, as I see it, sales is leadership. Sales is not trying to convince anybody. Sales is not trying to twist arms. It's not about getting someone to buy something that they don't really need or don't want. Sales is offering to lead. You're, yeah. you're here. You want to get there, you tell me. And these are the obstacles you're facing along the way. I can help you. Would you like me to help you? Here's how I can help you. And really becoming comfortable with your own unique personality and what you're bringing. It's been a journey. I'll say from, you know, but uh, it's probably the biggest thing. I want to throw a couple of things out here. If you read How to Win Friends and Influence People and How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie, written in the 1930s, the underlying theme of both books is exactly the same. Two words, be yourself. 50 years before that, Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. And while it's humorous, it's also as factual as it can be. You don't need yep. to, there, there are people who impersonators and some do it as a living. Some, you know, you get some guy goes on television because he's impersonating John Wayne or, you know, somebody famous. It's not quite right. And maybe that's good for the moment, but I'd way always rather have the real thing. It's like you go to a store to buy something and someone says, well, it's just like an apple. Okay, I'll take an apple then. It's just like a Mac. Okay, well, I'll take a Mac. It's just like an iPad. Well, I'll take the iPad. People are always trying to come up with an imitation, yes. but they're not original. And that's extremely important in being yourself. You have the choice at that moment in time to be original. Yeah. Also, you talked about finding your voice. And I will tell you as a writer, it took me about six weeks before I realized that I could do this for a living. It didn't dawn on me like I had an endless stream of information, but it didn't dawn on me that it was a living until maybe my second or third book. It was a, it was an avocation that became a vocation. And this book is 20 years old. It's the largest selling sales book of all time. And now it is coming out in the classic edition, the 20 year edition. And I haven't changed the word. If you're well, listening on the podcast and you have no idea what Jeffrey's talking about, because he held up oh. a book, He's, he held up the little red book of selling. And that there's now the classic edition, and it's it's the same. The word social media is not in the book. The word social selling, the word Facebook is not in the group, is not in the book, because it wasn't there when, when the book was written in, in 2004. So my challenge to you is, if you're looking for your voice, sit down and find it. And then what's going to happen is other people will affirm or confirm that you have a voice. You get a follower, you get fan mail, you get people that buy your product and people that thank you for the things that you do, you get that affirmation and that leads you to continue to do what you do. I will guarantee you that Dove gets all kinds of positive feedback for what he does and that fuels his fire. That affirms his voice, mm -hmm. that affirms his message, that affirms his core concepts and, and where his core values are. And that's diehard. That's what you need to, to look at. What are your core values? What is your voice that's being heard beyond this sales pitch that some guy told you to memorize.
it's it's interesting how when it comes to a lot of times you know the people we're dealing with let's say independent consultants or coaches or but not only also employed they specifically those who you know independent they've they've had a successful career up to a point let's say and they say i'm i'm out like i want to i want my own thing now i want to i'm tired yeah. of working for other people i want to do my own thing and they wake up in the morning and they they might be masters of their craft excellent at what they do and they figure all right you know I was excellent. I, I was, uh, you know, my work was recognized in my old company. I'll just go do it on my own. Yep. And the the harsh reality I made a lot is of money. That, yeah, I made a lot of money. And the harsh reality that they come to realize almost always is that, wow, okay, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean that people are going to be beating a path to my door. Now I have to figure out how to market and sell this. And that's a completely different set of skills. Now, it could take a long time until they figure that out, that it's a completely different set of skills. Um, some, some get it faster and some takes a little, you know, takes a long time. In the meantime, they're, they're, you know, they're going through their severance pay or whatever, you know, which is, um, yeah. but what's interesting is that they, the, when they realize that they need, they need some help. So they say, well, how do I get clients? What do I need to do? And there's no shortage of, of idiotic advice, self-serving advice, um, shallow advice on the internet. So you put out a, you know, you do a search or you just say, how do I get clients? Right? Or how do I do? And, and suddenly they're drawn into some, you know, charismatic guru type who's giving some idiotic, shallow, self-serving advice and says, or, or by the way, it could even be, it could even be true. It could even be, you know, like do this, it works. But then they approach it by saying, okay, if I do this, if I do X, Y, Z, then it'll work. And they do X, Y, Z, and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work, not because it can't work, not because it's wrong, but because you're just, you're blindly following a series of steps. And some of the things that people are, are told to do, you have this gut feeling like it doesn't go with my personality. It doesn't go with my values. Like send out these aggressive emails. Like I know back in the 2000s, you know, there was, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the early days of the online launch when if the first person made that million dollar launch, you might recall these days. So uh, I forgot the name. But uh, it was all like, you know, hey, buy my stuff or get off my list, that type of thing. And I, and I it never understood that. But what happens is that people end up adopting someone else's voice, amongst other things, they end up doing things that aren't a fit for them. And they're following somebody else, they're following a leader with a, uh, a blind, you know, they're, they're blindly following a leader that they never would have done in, they never would follow that kind of advice in their core area of expertise. Right. In their core area of expertise, where they have a confidence, where they, right. if someone would come along that's and it. say, you just nailed it, it's the confidence. Yeah. Someone would say, yeah. do this and that. They'd say, that's idiotic. Right. But when they don't have that confidence and they feel like, I don't know what to do, I, I'm struggling to get clients. So we end up following advice that we, our gut tells us doesn't make sense. It's wrong. Or it's wrong for me anyway, or it's wrong for me in this way, but I don't know what else to do. Stephen Covey said years ago that, that in order to say no, to distractions on the outside, you have to have a deeper yes burning on the inside. And it's the same thing with this. It really, you know, it's the same thing that in order to say no to idiotic advice, you have to have a, a yes of something that's more sensible. But if you don't have that yes, then we say yes to idiotic advice and we follow things that we wouldn't do otherwise. But there's also a need for money. And that oftentimes will blur finding out if it's really a fit. You ran over it when you said it's a fit. And I want you to go back to that whatever the circumstances are that are facing you, you have to think to yourself, does this fit me? Or am I just going down some path and following somebody else's bullshit? Yeah. And that, that's, that's a huge piece uh, of advice. I, I, I want to share something with you. 
when I first started to write my column in the Charlotte Business Journal, and we're going back now to 1992-93, my publisher, who's still my friend, Mark Etheridge, we're having a talk one day, and he was talking about his uh, exposure to the outside world. And he said, the one thing that really pisses me off is people that get up in front of a network marketing group and say, if I can do it, you can do it. That's the biggest hunk of bullshit on the planet. But there is a truth to something when he says that or she says that. If I can do it, what it proves is it can be done. It may not be what you want to do. It may not be what fits you, but I'm proof that it can be done. That's it. That's the only proof that it off. It doesn't mean you can do it. You may be shit at it. You, you may not have any balls. You may not have enough money to stick through the whole thing. You may not have any kind of charisma. You may not know how to sell. So when coaches go into a business because they want to become a coach, because they've had a successful career in, in management or marketing or whatever, they don't realize they want to, all of a sudden they become a salesperson. Yep. That's their main goal. Like, I'm this great coach. No, no, dude, you have to gain clients. Right. <laughs> like, schmuck, you have to start selling. <laughs> oh, wait, no one told me that. No, I'm not, I'm not good at that. So it's like a salesperson going to sales management. If you don't take six months of leadership training, you're going to suck at it. So if you're thinking about leaving your business and you're wanting to go into some other endeavor where you're the prime person, you better stop for three months and take a sales course because you're all of a sudden thrust. Your main job is going to be salesperson to bring in money. Yep. If you don't bring in money, you're going to all of a sudden your, your nest egg loses all of its straw and you got a problem. Yep. Dove, this has been amazing. And I'm yeah. so glad that we got to talk to you and share your expertise with our diehards. Where can they find out more about you? Where can they go to get more information? What should they do next? I'm at profitablerelationships.com. And um, we're actually giving away my manual that I wrote many years ago. It's a PDF, never published. The manual that I wrote a long time ago, but that he recently updated. We, it's called How to Systematically and Consistently Attract First-Rate Clients. And oh. I was selling it for, for about five years. For $97. And now we're giving it away. Wow. And it's at profitablerelationships.com forward slash the manual. So that's uh if anyone found anything helpful here, they'd want to go and get get some more of that. And then um and then you'll be on my email list and we'll send you some excellent emails that he does send great that, emails that are come through, you know, through my voice that I've honed over the years. So I love it. Also, we'll put a link in the show notes to that and to Dove's LinkedIn so you can connect with him there. Let him know you heard him on Sell or Die. It's just not all 30,000 of you because... <laughs> not all at once. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Thank you both. Until next time, I'm Jen Gittimer. I'm Jeffrey Gittimer, and I'm challenging you. Find your voice, even if your ass falls off. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like, share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to Gutimer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.